welcome to the Michael Scott Paper Company. Holy fucking shit, do we have a party in here? There's 302 people. There's two people. What's up, this casual? I'm Jason. And this is Tony. Remember uh, remember when you hire a new guy and you're like, hey, uh, week three, it's all up to you? It's all up to you, Tony. I'm actually going to leave. <laughs> you're going to leave and I'm gonna, you're going to lose every follower that you've got at this point because I am not going to be able to carry a show completely by myself. I think you could talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Are you are you that still into the Dallas Cowboys or no? Dude, no. After, I'm going to say it was probably the 24-year mark where I kind of started being like, the, okay, I'm, I'm not going to get hyped about this, and if they start doing well, then I'll enjoy it, but I'm not going to get emotionally invested anymore. Aww. And then now we're at like 27 or 28 years of just constant disappointment. I'm like, I pretty much, I'll just watch it and keep my opinions to myself because I'm not going to engage with people and argue with people and everything else <laughs> about a team that cannot cannot get their shit together. So Man, yeah, this... uh this previous season, I was a bit worried. No, you know, I was like, "Ooh, man, they look good," and they got in that playoff game and just kind of didn't go so well. But that's that's typical. Like, if they make it to the playoffs, they choke. They look and so good. This, yeah, they look so good. The, the last the last year that I thought that we had an honest chance to run it would have been the the year that Romo got injured yeah, and yeah. Dak took over, but. My opinion was that in order to make the actual run to the Super Bowl, they needed to put Romo back in the lineup and take advantage of his experience uh, and and push it from there with the team that they had. I thought they had an honest chance for a run, but they decided not to do that, and it it, it ended exactly the way I thought it would when they did that. Yeah, it was kind of unfortunate. He did get to come back in for that one game, though, and won it, I think, right? His final game? They gave him one series. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's they what They gave him one yeah, yeah. series, Thank and you. he moved down the field in like 30 seconds yeah. in that one series and just lit it up. And then he was like, yep, and now I'm retiring because they're giving the team to this young kid. <sighs> Which, don't get me wrong, I like Dak, and I think his last, of course, you know, you had the injury season, so it was short. But the last two seasons, he's done much, much better with his accuracy. But my knock on Dak for the first two seasons that he played was if it was anything over a 10-yard pass, his accuracy was a complete and total 50-50 chance. Like, he was either going to hit him or he was going to miss him by 10 yards, and it was so frustrating to watch. Hmm. But he's done much better the last two years. Sounds like, yeah. Sounds like a couple. Now you just got Zeke that's no longer worth the money that you're paying him. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah, so that's a weird thing with the running backs, how they've become – like back in the day, Emmett, uh, Barry Sanders, Walkers, yeah, yeah, they could last for a while. They could play for a while, and they were good for a while. And now it's like a like you get four years, and that's it. Or I mean, Saquon's in, you get four years out of Saquon. No offense, he was hurt, but I always hate that too. Like I hate the Lakers. Like LeBron's been hurt the last two years. Anthony Davis gets hurt all the time. It's it's unfortunate. But it's part, it's like, man, I'm sorry, Saquon, you're really good, but you get hurt all the time, so I've got to say you're injury prone. <laughs> yeah. It's it's unfortunate. It's like I understand that that's not your fault necessarily, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> but oh, it's yeah. like, no, I mean, some of my favorite players dealt with that. Like yeah. Lee 
you know, oh, oh my God, yeah, dude. linebacker, I, monster. I loved Lee, and when he played and he was on the field, he was amazing. But you knew that you were going to get five, maybe six games out of him for a season, and that was going to be it. Yep. Uh, and as far as the type of guy that he is, oh, my God, he's phenomenal. You see interviews and stuff like that of him off the field, and you'd yeah, like be hard-pressed to find a better guy than Sean Lee. But depending on him for a 16-game season, it's just not going to happen. No, yeah. Nope. He was a badass linebacker too, man. Oh, yeah. he was awesome. A great, oh, he's a, he was mean. Like, you know, he had that uh, that Lawrence Taylor, like, smash somebody and just be like, bruh, bruh. Oh, he, had, he yeah. had the ability to see the field. Yeah. Like, he knew what was going to happen before it ever happened, and because of that, he was able to put himself in the position to make plays – all the time, and it was it was phenomenal to watch, especially when you knew what to look for. I mean, like I said, one of my all time favorite players, as limited as he was on the field because of injuries, he's still one of my all time favorite Cowboys. Um, but but yeah, like I said, you just I mean, if you got seven games out of him in a season, that was a good season because he was always going to be injured. Kind of sad, yeah. He definitely should have got a ring. I didn't. He spent all ten years with the, all eleven years with the Cowboys. That's yeah, fucking awesome, man. And I'll I'll still I will still argue with people to the day I die that Romo was an extremely underrated quarterback. If you would if you had put a complete team around Romo in any of the years that he played, he should have had a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. But it just it just never played out that way. It was a one one the one year the Giants beat him, they were the number one and it's not even a Giants dig at you, but I'm sorry. Oh, no, I know, I that, know. It was the, they were the first, or I think they were the first seed in the NFC. And the Giants shouldn't have beat them. Seven, maybe it was 2007. It was either seven or eleven, but ah oh man, the maybe it was the 2007 Cowboys. I was like, oh, they're gonna win the Super Bowl. I still go back. You can go back to the year two with the the catch or the non catch. Like one, oh, yeah, yeah. it was a catch, and two, if it had gotten called a catch, then that would have been a touchdown, and three, that would have been a straight Super Bowl win year because there there was nobody else that, that would even hold them or compete with them in that, that era that they were in. So, yeah, here you go. So it was 2007, the Dallas Cowboys were 13-3, and three, only lost three games. Freaking on fire, dude. They, like, beat the tar out of it. It was your three losses, duh, duh, duh. you lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. That makes it Washington, and then the Giants at, in the play. That's not sorry, Patriots, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Redskins during the season lost to the Giants in the playoffs. And the but, division games can always be a fifty-fifty toss-up. Like yeah. I don't care who you are, you could be Tom Brady and the Patriots, and the divisional games were always a fifty-fifty toss-up. Just because I mean, you play those teams so much that there's no one that knows you better. This was. Yeah, this was their year, thirteen and three. Where is Romo's stats? Where you at, boy? Tony Romo. He was only twenty-seven. He sixty-four and a half percent completion rating, thirty-six touchdowns, only nineteen interceptions. That's insane, dude. That's such yeah, a good his stats. his yardage. What was his yardage that he threw for in that 4, year? Four thousand two hundred eleven. Yeah, that's insane. So like, and and he was. I think the thing that I loved about Romo was he was the gunslinger quarterback, right. that kind of, you know, Brett Favre yeah. type um, that they, they went through with that. And I think the thing that I loved about him the absolute most was he was like, you know what? 
I'm the the captain on the field, so <laughs> screw you, uh, coach, for calling this super conservative play. Here's what we're going to do. Because I honestly, I honestly believe that if we had followed Garrett <laughs> in the plays that he called for every play, then the team would have never done what it did. <laughs> because if you look even in that 13-3 and season, like I can't remember every game. I don't have a memory that well. But if you look back – like a lot of those games were won in the fourth quarter when Romo said, okay, screw you, I'm going to call the game from the field because Garrett was always so freaking conservative, so conservative. Uh, with everything. I think New York saw it for the half a season he coached yeah. for them. You know, you just you don't – he was so 1980s football and could not get past the fact that the game evolved. Uh-uh. So there was there was a lot that I loved about Romo, just the fact that he had Good, the balls man. to be like, "Hey, yeah, I'll I'll take the heat for it if we end up losing, but I'm I'm not running this run play that you want because we've run three of them and they've been smashed all three times in a row. So I'm gonna throw it down the field and you can kiss my ass about it. <laughs> yeah, no, thirteen, yeah, thirteen and three, first place in the like I said NFC. This. Uh, you know, I mean, but when you, whatever you have one game playoffs, you're always going to have the outliers. It's just one of those things that comes with a, a, a 50-50 shot. Yeah. Especially in football because – Any given Sunday. Football, you know, people say that and they, like, make fun of it. I'm like, no, that's kind of how it is. <laughs> it's like yeah. – it's not really – Oh, 50, 50. It's like, no, that's really how it is. A random injury that yep. can affect you in a way that you don't see. You know, somebody goes out and drinks the night before and is not at their best and it affects the whole team. Excuse mm. me. The there's, there's tons of different things that affect it. It's like the both of my giant Super Bowls were against the Patriots, which is so weird. <laughs> but that's just it's the way it worked. It was like so weird. Like Brady's only lost three Super Bowls and two of them were against the Giants. And that doesn't make any sense. Because, like you said, Eli, his record is he's a fifty-fifty quarterback according to the record. Yeah, his uh, that's ex- he ended exactly like one hundred and five and one hundred and five or whatever his record, one hundred and ten, one hundred and ten, one hundred and ten wins, one hundred and ten losses, fifty-fifty. And and it's one of those things. I know you love Eli because you're a hardcore Giants fan and all that. But it, and, and people will give him the Hall of Fame nod because he's got two Super Bowl rings over Tony Romo. Two uh, Super Bowl MVPs. Yeah, and, and I, I'm all like, look at the stats of their career. Like, it is night and day difference, but Romo was never on a team that was able to put the whole package together around him and actually get the Super Bowl win. Well, so here we go. Passing yardage leaders, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Ben, Phillip Rivers, Dan Marino, Matt Ryan, Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, John Elway, Matthew Stafford, Warren Moon, what, Fran... <laughs> friend friend T- Tarkenton Carson Paul Carson Palmer he's not in the Hall of Fame Vinny Testaverde I remember that Vinny Testaverde Tampa Bay Super Bowl <laughs> uh, that was that Drew, was crazy uh, Mike Allstott and Warwick Dunn won that for him Drew Bledsoe Dan Fouts Joe Flacco Kerry Collins number 20 I miss you Kerry Collins R.I.P. Whoa, go back. Let's see. That was a yardage. That was total yardage for career. Yeah, touch almost see touchdowns now. See, I would like to see what the average yards per season were. So that I way you, you take into account some people had twenty year oh, careers and some people had seven. That's a not a QB stat there, guys. I said QB stats. <laughs> uh, I wanted to argue with you. NFL passing career that's what we just read. Tom Brady, number one, eighty four thousand yards. Like just just thinking about 84,000 and he's going to come back and throw another 3,000. But you also have to look at too like how many seasons he played. I mean that's that that's, like, that's uh, huge. 
I mean, look, pass attempts. Let's see who threw the most. Tom Brady has attempted 11,317 passes. <laughs> oh, God. Just the extent, your arm extensions. Eli threw 8,000, so not too. So look at number one and number two, right? You got 11,300 attempts. Yeah for Brady and then Breeze is number two, two with ten thousand five hundred. So almost a full thousand less yeah. attempts. And yeah. How many total yards difference is there? How many yeah, I would, yeah, I would love to drill it down to that. Like so that's the thing. When I look at stats, I want to dig into it. Like I want oh, yeah, absolutely. every detail with it before you start arguing with people and discussing stuff like that. Because if you, you don't take those type of things into account, you know, like and I don't I, I don't know. I'm, I'm dumbfounded that Kerry Collins is number 20, and like I said, in yards. I'm dumbfounded by that. I'm like, wow, okay, Kerry Collins, you go, boy. Like, But then you go to touchdowns, and like the thing changes so much from the yards to the touchdown. Because then it's like Tom, Drew, Peyton, Brett, Aaron, Phillip, Dan. Well, Eli's number 10 in touchdowns? Okay. Well, there you go, 366. Oh, he threw one let. Well, Matt Ryan's still playing. Yeah. So, Matty, where is he at now? The Falcons dropped him, right? I believe so. I think he's a backup now. <gasps> That's crazy. That I, I, crazy. I don't remember what team, but I I, I I think like the last Ooh. thing I remember is he's a backup. He's a now. Colt now. He is a Colt. You're right. Wow. That's crazy. So he's he's dropped to the veteran backup hmm. stage of his career. There's yeah, Eli. Uh, da, 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 da. Tony is 24th with 248. But like you said, it's. Depends on like how many yards he threw, how many attempts he threw, all that. Like his accuracy. Well, that's what I need to look as a completion percentage. As long as they leave out the the guys only threw ten passes. Yeah, I hate that too. You go to like a stat and it's like hundred percent field goal percentage, shot one shot his entire. Career. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why is this on here? It really shouldn't be. Because like, there's things too, like when you look at how long they played, like. And I don't know. I'm throwing numbers out here, so you know anybody listening that's that's a statistician oh, because I agree. But if Romo played for 13 years, do you take into account that five years he was a backup and never even touched the field? You know what I'm saying? So he's got <laughs> yeah. eight seasons that he did. Well, here's your uh, passing yards per game. Uh, wow, Tom Brady's Patrick Mahomes is number one. Well, I mean we're in a run and gun. That's the way the world yeah. works now. But Tom Brady's number eight, which is pretty low. But uh. I'm looking. Eli's number twenty-one with two hundred forty-one point six, which is I'm not gonna lie higher than I thought. I would have I would have lost that bet if you'd have gave me two fifty under over. I would have took. I would probably uh, no. That would not be because I would have took the under and won that. <laughs> yeah, I would have not. I would have not. Two hundred. Yeah, that's say two hundred yeah, yards a game. I would have said probably two hundred equal. I would have not taken the much over that. But Tannehill's up there too. Weird. Trent Green. Where you at, Tony? Come on. Sound like I'm being biased. I'm not. I actually, like I said, I don't hate Tony Romo. No, you're. I mean, you're pulling up stats. Control F. There, so, God bless Tony. There. Oh, okay. Well, he's not on the list. He's not on the list. No, Tony Eason, Tony Banks. I didn't know Tony Romo. He's 44th, but 219 per game. 220. 220. So there's there's a part of me too where you start looking at the system that they're in that wonders there. I mean, because Garrett, his, his entire, well, run, all run, but run. one year, right. He had one year under, uh, uh, what's the coach's name? I can't remember. That's the one that brought him into the league. Um, Bella, not Belichick. Jesus Christ. What am I thinking? Um, Parcells. Yeah. Right? He had one year that he played under Parcells and then the rest of the time was under Garrett. 
uh, and Garrett was totally the run first offense. So, you, yeah, no, no. Well, I mean, they had Elliott, Barber. I mean, the Cowboys have always been a run first offense. But I just want you to look at this uh, picture of Philip Rivers. I'm pretty sure that's a Colts jersey, but I think it's hilarious because remember he was drafted by the Giants. That shit looks blue as fuck. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, that's so inappropriate and so wrong in every way. So people that don't know, the the number one draft pick was the Giants. And they, no, no, no. The number one draft pick was the Chargers. They drafted Eli Manning. Then the Giants drafted Phillip Rivers on number two. And then there was this whole big controversy about Eli refusing to play for the Chargers, which, you know, that's another argument that I have with people. I've done my homework and listened to Eli talk about it. And he, he says that's not what happened. Could be what happened, I guess. But people are like, well, the horse says it's not true, but it's true. It's like, but he says it's not true, and I don't think Eli would lie about it. He does say that his dad was like, I don't want you to play for San Diego, but whatever. Yeah. So it looks funny because it's Phillip Rivers in what looks like a Giants jersey, even though it's a Colts jersey. Because his last year was with Colts. See, I never – I never – of course, you know, I didn't follow why Eli's would you, career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, why would you? So I didn't I didn't even know that they that he was drafted and, and then traded. So. Nope. And you know, I have to advocate for him in the Hall of Fame just a little bit. He's in the top he's in the top twenty in all these stats. But then when I when I have this conversation with people on Reddit, it drives me crazy because they're like, Yeah, well, it was a pass first league and I'm like, But it, that's why Tom's where he's at. That's why Drew's where he's at, because it's a pass first league. It's a it's a weird thing, man. It, and it's a weird football, like any sport. Like right now, Steph Curry makes 9,000 three-pointers a year because when I grew up in basketball, it was live by the three, die by the three, don't shoot the three, you fuck pe- you piece of trash. Yeah. It's the way it was. Like, do not shoot the three. Everything was get trying to get inside the paint. Thank you. Post yeah. and layups and, yeah, but, no, I remember that. Era. But now it's like get three, three, three. It's almost boring to watch sometimes. <laughs> but... And, you know, football's the same way. Like you said, the Cowboys have always been smash-mouth run football. I mean, they've had some of the best running backs, Barber, Herschel Walker. That's who it was I was looking for. Emmett Smith. I mean, they have had some of the, the t- cream of the crop, man. They've always been fun to watch for that. They've had the best offensive line for many a year. Tyrone Smith's mother <laughs> horse. Yeah, there's there's definitely – oh, God. It's, it's hard because there's definitely perks to that mentality – but like I said, the thing with Garrett that always frustrated me is, is yes, football is a game that it doesn't matter how you play, it's still going to be one in the trenches. So yeah. your offensive line and your defensive line have to be a focal point. I get that. I agree with that. But when everything in the league is going to quick pace, high score, you know, deep threats, you can't continue to try to be about the run. Mainly because when you're about that for so long, you're just so predictable. Yeah. Like it's so easy to overload the box and keep you from being <laughs> successful in the run because people know that you're going to run three out of four plays. Like it's just ridiculous. Nope. There, there has to be, there has to be balance in it. You have to come out the gate sometimes with a long pass down the field to make them go, "Oh crap, what are they going to do?" So that you're not predictable. And Garrett was, he, he couldn't do that. Like I, as as far as here's here's the crazy take, right? As far as how he was with players and how he was with people and how he could get the best out of them and how his players never quit on him, Garrett was an amazing coach. 
Yeah. Right. Absolutely amazing coach. As far as the X's and O's, like let me figure out how to win a game based on the game plan. He was horrible because his game plan was the same every freaking time. Hmm. We're going to do things our way. It doesn't matter who we play. If we play our game and we execute 100%, we'll win. Well, no, obviously your career doesn't stand that. Like you, you have to take into account the strengths and weaknesses of your opponents and find ways to exploit that. That's why Belichick is so freaking amazing uh, as a coach. Is you, any any team that's ever played against him? What's the one thing they say? Well, so and so is our strongest weapon, and he takes them out of the game. He changes his game plan and how they're going to play because he says, you know what? Uh, yeah. This so-and-so player, I don't want him getting one pass. You know, he's not getting one catch. We take him out of the game, and that's going to throw that team off their game, and then we can do whatever mm-hmm. we want to do because they're going to be rocked. And that was a successful philosophy. Garrett never could comprehend that, and that blew my mind. Right. No. Uh, yeah. Doesn't look like he has a job right now. I think he's out of the job right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he has since he got because he got let go in the middle of the season. Yeah, I don't, but the I don't Giants, think he's he's done anything since. Giants were trash like they have been for the past five years. So, no, no new job for him. It's only fifty six. I thought he. Uh, for uh, anyways, nah, man. Sorry, bud. Sorry about your bad luck. So. Yeah, no, nah, he was so predictable. The Gi- uh, the Giants' offense has been so predictable for the past ten years. I hope that what we've done now, I just hope the Giants put up better effort. That's all I care about. The watching the games the last three years has just been like, uh, kill me now. Oh, believe me, <laughs> I got twenty seven no of those. Effort. I get it. <laughs> no effort. So I just cracked open the orange cream. I was about to uh, say, yeah, we need sour. to talk about this lemon ass lemon. The lemon was good. Like I'll, I'll be surprised. I wasn't expecting a lot for it when I cracked it open, but like that took me straight back to a warhead flashback, ah, and it was good. It was really good. Yeah. Ooh, this has a good rating. The lemon ice box is rocking a four six thousand check ins, rocking a four point oh one. It definitely balanced out well. So it, it was more aggressive on the sour when we first got it. Yeah, but it it didn't. Yeah. It was aggressive, but it wasn't overpowering. So, yeah, that was enjoyable. And this one is the orange cream that I just yeah. cracked open. I'm afraid of this. I remember this one a little bit, and I remember having the cheeks that hurt after drinking it. So I'm a little nervous. This is the orange cream from Martin House. These were both Martin House beers, FYI, everybody. This one is literally called orange cream. They didn't get too fancy with that name. It is uh, sour. I decided to pull out some of my aged sours. Well, I guess it aged well because, I mean, it's got the sour notes to it, but I think it's a little bit less on the sour than the lemon drop was. Wow. Yeah. This. Ooh. Wow, that is refresh. Oh, my gosh, that's refreshing. That, 6%. That definitely aged well. Man. Yeah, that mellowed. Ew. That is good. Not not quite your dreamsicle flavor, no. um, but but definitely a good sour. And this one was canned on August 6th of 2020. So we almost made it to two years. Yeah. This is beautiful. Very, very. Not that you're going to get to enjoy much after that because you actually downed that whole thing. But, uh, but yeah. Wow. That's an enjoyable one. Yeah, no, I would absolutely. If this is what it tasted like when I originally bought it, I probably would have bought a lot more. But no, it was one of those cheek hurt. It made my cheeks do funny things and then it hurt. Ah. <laughs> It's like, why does my jaw hurt? I'm trying to see the, the orange cream. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, sour beers were never something that I really dug much into. So, but that the last two that you gave me, <laughs> with, them, with them aged anyway, they're pretty good. Like, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the next one that we've got, that Parker County Peach the Sour. Whole, the whole, like, concept behind it was so funny when I first was like, what? What? So I'm going to make a sour beer and give it to you. It, at first, it kind of was a novelty. I was like, oh, yeah, look, like Warheads, you know? It's like, oh, it's so sour, look at my face, ha, ha, ha. But then you get addicted to it. You're just like, ah, sour. I never, you know, I mean, I would always buy one occasionally. They would do better if they just sold them on their own, like one can. I never liked buying a six-pack of sour. I'm like, what the fuck? But there were a few. It's got its, I guess it's got its niche market. You this know, one, there's, there's always something to it. Oh wow, the orange cream! I don't think they make it anymore because it only has 2,600 check-ins and it's rocking a 3.8. Somebody checked in at 3. When was the last check-in? Uh, May 22nd. But then before that, April 22nd. Oh, that's April 22. Sorry. Oh, that was May 22nd. It says 22 May 22. It's kind of cool. April 26th, April 3rd, February 8th. So yeah, it's gone. Somebody said tart. Uh, I didn't get any tartness out of that. Uh, cherry. When I think of tart, I think of cherries. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. But could be wrong. But yeah, what's sad is Rody and Dirk on here, and both of these sours were actually really pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they they were. So now I, I'm gonna go buy the nastiest fucking sour I can find, <laughs> and I'll be like, I promise this one is good too. I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting much of the three that you brought in here originally. I've really enjoyed the first two. So same. So don't. Yeah, same. No. Right, but so. that's then again. There, they're both been aged almost two years. <laughs> so if I were to buy one off the shelf and it didn't taste the same, I'd be pretty disappointed. <laughs> oh yeah. Nope. Uh, it's such a weird. Uh, it's such a. It's such a weird thing to do the aging because you like the beer that I pulled out after the show two weeks ago. I was like, well, that's been in there for eighteen months. Really probably shouldn't have drank it, but we were having a good time, and I love my friends. But these, you know, I pulled it out. I was like, oh, man, we should just keep waiting. <laughs> it's, like, so dumb, like, being a collector. Don't open it. Don't open that toy. But they need to be drinking. Two years is good for me. Well, and, and I, I'll be honest. When you first set them down and you said they've aged for two years, like, my normal <laughs> mindset is, like, that Skunk. shit's going to be green. <laughs> yeah. Nope. That's, that's going to be nasty and green. So, <laughs> stouts. I've had a cup. I've had a – there's been a few stouts that we've aged that I've been like, oh my God. But for the most part, nothing that shocks me. Sours age better. So like sours first, stout second. Never, we don't age IPAs, which Dirk's going to put us to the, which hopefully you'll be involved in that. We'll see. I don't know what Dirk. So Dirk, uh, Rody and I, a long time ago, we, we did a show with division, which we're going to do again, actually, but we were hanging out with division brewing, uh, Wade and Sean and, Wade started talking about how IPAs, when they get old, the hop, the bitterness will drop out and it turns into sugar. They turn real sweet, real gross. They lose their flavor completely. And Rody and I had a couple of old IPAs that were exactly what they described. And we were telling Dirk about that. And Dirk was like, I don't fucking believe y'all, blah, blah, blah. He it, he did not say the F word. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I you get the, the general concept yes, of it. Yeah, you're not quoting him specifically. And but. he didn't necessarily say, I don't believe you. I'm just, it's hard to not dramatize things in a podcast. Like, I want to do the soap opera thing. <laughs> that is not at all. But Dirk was like, I'm going to age some beers 
some IPAs. So he's got like four or five uh, community IPAs and he's aging them monthly. So every month he's getting a fresh six pack. That's like brand new and aging them so that when we hit this point at the one year game, he's going to make me and Rody do a blind taste test so we can prove to him that, you that we know what we're talking about. Oh. It's like, this is going to be embarrassing. It's either going to be amazing when I look at him and go old is or it's going to be really embarrassing when I say that's old. And he's like, hey, that was brand new. I just got it off the canning line. So, Dirk, that's not going to happen. I'm going to destroy you and show you how <laughs> awesome I am. And Rody will too. Thank God Rody is participating because he is much better at this than I am. But I told him, I was like, we're going to get division involved too since you're calling us out. And he's the one that taught us this principle. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh like like hopefully Rody doesn't get mad. I don't know if Rody listens to the podcast since he's usually on it speaking. He doesn't, but Dirk does. <laughs> he doesn't. But I like, love you, Dirk. Rody, Rody, and of course I've got you know I've got ten years where I wasn't around for being you know way out of city, out of state, and and everything right. else is going on. But like Rody, kind of kind of has got like God, I, I I I can't think of a better word, but this is gonna sound worse. But he's kind of become a little bit of a pretentious drinker. <laughs> when it comes to that like it's very like no 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 this is this is the best flavor you don't Smart, understand <laughs> yeah, no it it's 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 a it's pretentious but that's fine like i trust him like i like those guys and dirk can do the dirk has not shown you but he can do the same thing like he'll he'll tell you like they're both smarter than i am with it i know i'm not good at anything everybody <laughs> it's like but Rody's like, hey, you're, you need, he'll tell me what it needs or whatever. And and Rody also will act, when you call him out on it, he'll act like that's not true. And I'm like, no, nah, bro, you're better than you think you are. <laughs> you, and when you say these things that you think are jokes, they're actually the truth. <laughs> this beer is shit because I can't taste the coriander. <laughs> it's like, well, you're right. Yeah. But. No, well, yeah. even even when we went to. Well, the night we went to Division, and then we hit whatever that brewery was right around the, the neighborhood to it. Like, there was two or three different beers that I had just because he's like, you need to try this one. You'll like it. And, I mean, he was right. They were good beers. Yeah. but The uh, Cool Keg. Yeah, we are at cool, that bar. Cool Keg. Where we saw British David. And, um, and Rody got dry humped by him. Yes, he did. It's good to see that some things have never changed. <laughs> Rody, Rody always got hit on and, uh, and and dry humped by men. And he was always like, why? <laughs> so no, for real, for real, some things never change yeah. ever at all. Oh, man. Uh, so I wanted to go into the fact that Friday is the premiere i should have done a star wars intro i'm so excited for this obi-wan series man and oh I, yes it was funny too because ugh, i'm trying to i'm trying to tread lightly but the uh i know this sounds i'm such a weird person you know this though but uh you do know this thank god <laughs> better than most yeah <laughs> but it's like uh the fact that uh this the show is coming out and i was thinking about the prequels and i was thinking about this happened today i was thinking about the fact that we watched all the prequels together and i'm thinking about standing in line for with Stephen powell for revenge of the, the sith when we stood in line for like fucking forever and i was just thinking about all that and i was like it's weird you know they're like we're split up for this long and now we're getting back together it was just weird i was like oh i was just like come on jason why are we do why are we getting all these mind games but <laughs> i was really excited about it. i was like oh i want I was like, I was like, I should ask Tony if he wants to come watch it because that'd be so cool. 
But on a hype level, where, where where are you at with this? We get to see Obi Wan hopefully pop his lightsaber. I bet he doesn't in the first episode. Or okay, put <laughs> Just, a put a number scale to it. Are we talking like one to ten? How hyped am I for it? Yeah, what are um, you feeling? Ten. Man? I I am more hyped about <laughs> Obi Wan uh, the series than I was about the new set of the new trilogy after the first one came out. Oh yeah. Um, because there was like, Oh God, that you're going to end up going down the rabbit hole with this in, in a way that, that, that might not interest a whole lot of people, but the JJ Abrams first movie, I don't, I don't even remember the name of it. Uh, yeah. The force awakens awakens. Thank you. Um, that to me was the pinnacle of the new series. That was the, yeah, the only, yeah, um, Absolutely. After after that one, in my opinion, they completely shot the shit with it, and yeah. I, I hated the second one. I oh. I almost didn't even watch. Now I'm not even talking about theaters. <laughs> I almost didn't even watch the third one. Yeah. Um. And I, I, I didn't see. That's the first Star Wars I never saw in theaters. Yeah. Same here. Same yeah. here. Uh, well, I say first one. The first one since I was born in in my well, generation. You know. We watched. I rewatched the trilogy in theaters when they did the 3D thing and all that other garbage. Yeah. So the original trilogy. So I did see them in theater too, too, not when they were released. But, right. But I did. I mean, I'd yeah. already seen them well before they did yeah. that. But, but we uh, did it. Yeah. But yeah, I just, in my opinion, Disney completely sunk oh, that so ship good. with their idea of we're going to get rid of everything that the old fans uh, knew and loved, and we're going to recreate it for the new generation. Um, you don't you don't do that. You know, you, you had a universe that the fans loved. You had a universe that the fans loved so much, so much. from the original movies that fans created 400 freaking books to expand <laughs> the universe on. And you decided not to use any of that lore that was already there that already had millions and millions and millions of people that loved and decided to go brand new and then you did it in a way where you killed off the characters that people loved and you didn't even take the time or give people a reason to connect to the new characters right right so yeah you've got ray what what's my connection to her oh she's the first female heroine in the the star wars community that's what we're hanging our hat on well great i don't have a problem with that not at all there could be female characters that are heroines i have a ton of female characters that i absolutely love in the star wars universe guess what jana solo in the books that were made after the movies was one of my absolute favorite characters, but you decided not to use her. You created a new one and then you didn't give her anything to develop her story and make me get attached to her before you just said, she's awesome and you're going to love her because we say so. And it didn't work that way. Nothing like, and then her, fake ass jedi tra- there was no training and all of a sudden she was just a badass yeah and and yeah uh, so so i am i am looking forward to obi-wan so much more like i i don't think there's anything that i've looked forward to more since looking forward to the original hayden christensen and ewan mcgregor duel before yeah. he became before he actually became darth vader Our, oh. like that was the last big thing in the star wars universe that i was truly hyped about seeing that yeah man and those yeah the figures came out and we knew oh we knew oh, i was like ah, oh the god Mustafar yeah duel. We were oh like, yeah so hyped remember those stupid posters i had over my bed where it was like half dark side <laughs> <laughs> yeah you had to 
folks, you had to put the posters together so you could get the light and dark side together. And they, that was my, uh, what's that call where you put it over your headboard, but it was above the, but yeah. Yeah. Wish I had all that. Oh, I wish I had pictures of all that. I still have my unleashed figures and I'm sure you do those things. But... I, I still have one. I, I only ever bought one and that was the, uh, the return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker thought... unleashed figure. Damn. So I thought you had the ones with the, where Obi-Wan, cause I thought they were on top of the TV in the apartment where you could put Obi-Wan and Anakin together and they were fighting in the fire. That, I, those... I did. Okay. I had those okay. a long time ago, but during the course of moving, uh, I actually liked those so much that I opened them. Right. Right. So I had yeah, those. They were on outs- top of your, yeah, yeah. I had those outside the package and actually had them set up. And then you talk about the fact that the previous company that I worked for, yeah. I moved like seven times for them yep. um, during the course of those moves. Like it, it just, they got damaged or something <sighs> and then lost or whatever the case is. But the only one that I had that I never opened was the Luke Skywalker Return of the Jedi, um, where he was in the black, like the complete black getup with the green lightsaber, yeah. and he had the twirl motion. So over there in the corner. So, but I, I am oh, still man. like I am still after seeing like I I got so disappointed with the new trilogy of Star Wars. Yeah, it was so bad that I was debating even watching the Mandalorian when it was being hyped by Disney and coming out. Like I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. Like right. I'm so disappointed with the the direction they've decided to take it. I might not do it at all. And then I found out it was being directed by John Farrow. And I was like, okay, like he did such a great job with Iron Man that I'm willing to give this a try because obviously he is a comic and you know, he's, he's a sci-fi fan. Like he loves this stuff as much as I do. Yeah. So I'll give him a try. And then like, yeah, if, if Disney does not put him in complete creative control of the future of the star Wars universe, they're just stupid. I mean, they're just, they're, in my opinion, they're just stupid. So yeah. he, he reunited it to where I'm actually excited about the Star Wars universe. And then they decided they were doing Obi-Wan, and I'm like, oh, please, God, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, yeah. I'm also the guy with the controversial opinion that it's time that they remake the original trilogy. So Yeah, that's a, that's a rough... Uh... Yeah, Ewan, Ewan McGregor is old enough now that I think he could pull off the aged Ben. Mm-hmm. And you have, I can't remember his Sebastian name. Sebastian Stan. Yeah, Sebastian Stan that looks close enough to uh, a young Luke Skywalker that I think he could pull off that role. I, I think the biggest issue they would have would be finding someone that could, honest to God, pull off the role of uh, Han Solo. But I... I, I Sooner or later, you're going to have to modernize that because it just, if you watch one, two, and three, and then you watch four, five, and six, even with the updates that George Lucas did with digital technology being it was, it just feels so outdated that it doesn't fit anymore. I'm trying to, right now, I'm trying to. So I know watching those prequels fell in love with Ira McGregor. And I'm trying, look at that. So uh, how sick, do, <laughs> oh, this makes me sad, Tony. 1999 was that first movie. We were we were rocking a whole 16 years of life <laughs> when, oh, that, yeah. when the Phantom Menace came out. <laughs> oh, well, I get for, yeah, no. So if it came out in 99 in the summer, so that would have put you at 15, me at 16, right? For 84? Because you were. Yeah, I was born in 84. Right, yeah, yeah. Very, very I'm not, 84. like folks i'm not a whole year older than him that's why i always get it confused six months yeah. yeah it's like it's not a whole year i'm like but so yeah you would have been you would have been rocky were 15 i was 16 just <laughs> uh just getting our you got your permit i got my license let's go see star wars but that's just crazy 1999 man i remember 
Who I remember my Limp biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Got a party like a night. I remember my <laughs> my internal hype for that movie, man. And then the Cl- Attack of the Clones was 2002, so it was when we gra- that summer after we graduated. I know. I mean, I, so what's sad is I remember Revenge of the Sith more than I do the Attack of the Clones. I know there's no way you and I didn't go see that together, but I don't remember it, which kind of makes me sad. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure we did. We had. There's no way. Because, I mean, I remember, like I said, I remember Revenge of the Sith 2005. I'll never forget standing in line with you and Stephen Powell for seven hours. Oh, God. That, yeah, just just that name is horrible it's in long. itself. Maybe um. <laughs> maybe that's why it was so memorable. Well, my main reason, the, my main reason why that was so memorable was because we had that game. And I remember you told me not to play it. And you were right, but I played it because it had spoilers in it. But it had clips from the movie. And I remember we were at the tavern because we were drinking beer the whole time. And we were in line for seven hours. So when the movie would play and it got to a part where I remembered from the video game, I would r- jump up and run as fast as I could to the bathroom. <laughs> and that memory is stuck. It was like it got to the uh, part where Anna- Anakin was fighting uh, Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know this. And then I got up and just ran as fast as I could to go pee. So, ah, man. But no, I know we did Attack of the Clones. I just don't. That might have been when I was tearing tickets at the theater. You might have got, to, I might have got you a ticket to go see it, and just had to sit out there and be an usher. <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't think. Worst I mean, job. honestly, I don't think I ever would have done that to you. Worst job ever. Well, I got. I know I because I know we did I the Star Wars. Tickets. Yeah, we did. We we had to do because we did all the yeah. Star Wars movies together. We did the Harry Potter movies Dude, uh, people, together. People still don't believe that story for me in our MySpace. I think we've already talked about it in this podcast, but people do not believe that story. Oh, that we waited. God, it was nine or ten hours yeah. with and our MySpace printed MySpace profiles, fucking printed yeah. out. And they they came to us like the guy. And luckily, like, and here's the thing where I think it, it being personable worked in our favor. Like because there was, you know, there was there was a line when we got there. Yeah, um, they they were starting the movie. We decided to get there early. We got there like early. Yeah, yeah, we got there like eight hours before it people. started, there and were... there was already like a ton of people there. And I was like, I was thinking eight hours before it started, you know, we would be in the top twenty five people there or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but there were already uh, probably a couple hundred in line, uh, and then we got there. We sat in line, and there was literally like a four hour gap. Uh, between us getting there and the next person to come in line. Like we were the last people to show up for like four hours. And then four hours before it was supposed to start, like a whole nother 500 people showed up. Um, so we had like four hours of time where the, the guy that was, you know, I, I think it was the manager of the, the movie, um, yeah. uh, theater that we were at, he was coming out and, you know, we were, personal people so like he come out to to check on the line and stuff and we started up a conversation with him you know he was around our age maybe a little bit older and we just started bsing with a guy bullshitting back and forth and and he would literally come out like every 30 minutes after that like he'd have to go in and check on stuff and he'd come out and just talk to us like he'd spend 30 minutes at the end of the line talking to jason and i and um we go through all this stuff and then it gets time for them to actually start letting people into the movie theater and you know, it's limited space and they already told people not everybody's going to get in because they had, you know, a thousand people there. They were only showing it in one theater. It was you a know. special, you know, a special preview. It was still like what, week. two, two weeks, two or, three weeks man. two or three weeks before the actual movie came out yep. and he's going down and he's <laughs> counting people off and letting them into the theater. And like, there was, there was 
three girls uh, in front of us that we had been flirting with talking to the whole time because you know you got eight hours we were there so we're talking to this guy and then we're talking to the group of girls that were right in front of us back and forth and he cut off at me and jason was right behind me nope. and i just remember i looked at it and i was like you've got to be kidding me dude like you cannot he's like this is the number i was like dude you cannot be serious and he just looked at us and he says, guys, give me just a couple of minutes I when I did. dismiss everybody else. Y'all don't go anywhere. Let me see what I can do. And like, and he did, he told everybody else. He's like, all right, guys, that's the cutoff. Y'all need to leave. And then he just left us standing outside for like 15 minutes and he came back out and he's like, look, I've got two spots that I'm not supposed to give away because it's supposed to be for media, but they haven't showed up yet. So I'm giving them to y'all. And, yep. and we got to go in. It was very front row. I mean, we were very front row, but we got to see it two it weeks before it came out. So, so crazy. And people were like, they'll, it was like weird. And it was all from me. I don't know. Got on my space. Like, hey, they're playing Harry Potter over here and whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> let's go. Got to print your MySpace profile. Yeah. Let's go. And we went for whatever reason. And that was that was definitely something that you did for me because I mean, you liked Harry Potter, but Not you were you. nowhere near the fan of it that I was because yeah. I I got into the books based on your mom's Bef- recommendation. Before, yeah. Yeah. Much, and, uh, and much before that that made me fall in love with it. Hmm. Yeah. But, and, and that's that's the same way the, the whole Limp Biscuit thing happened. Was a guy on MySpace was like, "Hey, Limp Biscuit's premiering, or Fred Durst is premiering his movie in downtown Fort Worth," and I immediately bought, I think, four tickets. And then I was like, I, "You were the first person I bought it." And then my girlfriend, <laughs> that's what kind of person I am, was like, "Tony, want to go?" Yes, fuck yeah! And I was like, "Christy, <laughs> let's go!" And she was like, "I'm not going to that." So. Then we got to go down to Fort Worth and meet Bill Paxton and Fred Durst. Yes, and it was pretty cool too. Like, uh, I, it's like a whole movie premiere. It was like, like I knew we were going to see the premiere, yeah. but I wasn't expecting Fred Durst no. to actually be there. Same. And then Fred Durst and Bill Paxton were both there, and we actually got to talk to them. Like, it so wasn't crazy. just like a, oh, hey, you're ten feet away, we get to wave at you. Like, they shook hands, they took photos with us. We had yeah, what probably a five minute conversation with Fred. Remember, yeah, we were standing at that uh, thing and. Before so before the movie started, we were going there, and he pointed at memory. He pointed, he's like, "You're gonna love this movie." I was like, "Okay." And then when he came up after the movie, Tony and I were like, "Hey, well, let's just sit here for a second. We we were kind of like, let's go for it." And we sat there for like I think ten minutes, and every, the people started clearing out, and I was like, "Keep waiting." And then he came up there, and you were like, "Hey," and we talked to him. It was so weird. He's like, "What'd you guys think?" And we talked about the movie, and. It was so like I'm so we're such good people because neither one of us, not even for a split second, mentioned his music. Not neither one of us. Oh no, music. it was it was all about the movie. So crazy, yeah. like such good people. It's like all I wanted to do was be like, I fucking love every song you wrote. <laughs> but we didn't do that. We talked to him about the movie and uh, had Jesse Eisenberg in it, Lex Luthor. For those of you, and we yeah, talked to him. One of his like, early early works. Fucking yeah. crazy. And then we got our pic. And then we asked him like, Hey, you want to get a picture? And he's like, Yeah, man, cool. We got that picture. And now I'm haunted by the fact that uh, three years ago, Bray and I went to a Limp Bizkit show, actually. And when we got through there, they were like, uh, hey, uh, come here. And they pulled us aside. They're like, hey, we can get y'all VIP for 50 bucks. And it was like, and we were both like, nah, we're good. And just fucking so mad at myself for not doing that and then not going in there and being like, Fred, look at this. So now if it ever happens again, which probably won't because that's how the world works. But I was like, oh, my God, it would be just to show him the picture of that. Look, just, uh, ah, I need to do that. They're so down to earth. Yeah, that's, 
Dude, that's the one thing that I will give Fred. Like, there's a lot of controversy around that biscuit. You love them, you hate them. People, you know, they're they're, you know, hot or cold, uh, band that goes through there. Um, but meeting him face to face, yeah, getting the chance to talk to him face to face, like there's there's a and, and not saying like, oh, I know everything about him and he's a perfect person because I had a five minute conversation with him. No, we did, but. We know everything. You, you get the yeah. how dare you? <laughs> you? You get feelings of people, right? And and there was a very genuine, humble quality to him that when you talk yeah. to him, that you just felt like he wasn't putting on a show of who he was. Like this is me. You either love me, you hate me, and and that kind of goes from there. He was he was a cool dude. You know, he yeah. was a nice person to actually talk to, and he was <laughs> he was genuine and sincere about it. And I think that's part of the reason why I ended up enjoying Limp Biscuit so much more after Even that. more. Yeah. yeah. So you meet people that are famous and, and a lot of the times it's a, you know, people tell you like there's, there's a longstanding rule that you might've heard or might not don't have heard. Don't meet your heroes. Don't meet your heroes, right? You know, don't meet the people that you're, that you're in love with that are famous or whatever, because a lot of the times they'll let you down. Um, he was one of those that didn't like he, he surpassed. Yeah, I know. He, uh, he Jason pulled up a, a picture the on the photo, computer, yeah. the photo that, that we took or one of, cause we actually took what, two or three with him. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he was one of the people that we met and he actually, as a human, he surpassed my expectations of who he was going to be. Holy shit. So, yeah, nope, nope. Oh, I'm 99.9 point man. I'm 99% sure that that guy right there is Jason Ritter. And I forgot Jason Ritter was there. Pretty sure that's who that is. Motherfucker. Yep. Yeah, it, it, you only see a fraction of his face, but probably so because that was his first. That was his first movie role, and it was right after his dad died. So. Yeah. Yep. Jason Ritter. Nope. That was Jason Ritter. Motherfucker. Just I wasn't. Just, well, I was too enamored with Bill Paxton and Fred Durst. Oh yeah. It's like uh I so I knew so I knew Fred was supposed to be there, but when we saw Bill Paxton, I was like, I'm gonna piss myself. I was like, holy fuck, that's the Twister guy. <laughs> Yeah, which it's was like, still pretty shit. big at the time. Like yeah. it had only come out a couple years before that. And plus, uh, here's my thing, dude. Like, <laughs> so Bill was one of those that just he 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 struck me as kind of an oddball. Like he was kind of one of those far out, like eccentric people in person that like you didn't expect. Still very nice guy. Like he wasn't. There was nothing mean about him. But, like, I was kind of, like, the different roles and stuff that I've seen him play. Like, I was yeah. kind of expecting one thing. And he was, like, this total crazy extroverted, like, right. half hippie, half, like, look at me. I'm center of attention guy. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it, was, it was very, like, his personality was nothing. Like, I see how talented of an actor he is because his personality in real life was nothing like any of the roles that he had portrayed in movies. It was yeah. very, very unique to see that. That, yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. No, he was, remember he uh, told the whole story about how when he was doing a uh, frailty with him and McConaughey, that's not McConaughey, is it? I don't remember. I'm going to. Oh man, who was it? In but he was talking about how he was doing frailty, and then he was edit, he went to do the editing, and somehow Fred Durst showed up, and Fred Durst was like, "Oh, I want to see this," and Fred Durst got in there and started editing frailty with him. And I was like, "Oh, that's so that's so amazing!" And then 
he was like, yeah, he just like Fred, he was like, Fred was so cool. And then he was like, the next thing I know, Fred's like, Hey, you want to come do this eat you alive video? And Bill was like, what? I don't want to do that. What is that? And then he ended up doing the music video and he was like, yeah, no, he was like, Fred was just so cool. And they became friends and started working on movies together. And then of course, Bill passed away too. Yeah. That's, that was a sad day. Just blah. But man, that's so crazy. So crazy. But yeah, no, we, you and I have had uh, way too many adventures together that sh- shouldn't even be real. <laughs> there are stories that I tell that people are like, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, well, it does, but that's okay. You stood in line for eight hours with a MySpace profile to see Harry Potter two weeks before everybody else? Yeah, we did. And then I called my mom and said, I've seen Order of the Phoenix. Do you want to hear about it? <laughs> and she was like, well, you could tell me. I've already read the books. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, we met Fred Durst. Like, that's so fucking crazy. We, like, I still I still remember you being nice enough, even though, like, you never read the books, you being nice enough to wait in line with me at Walmart when the last uh-huh. book in the series dropped. And then we went from there, once I bought the book, we went from there to the house, and y'all had a house party while I sat on the couch reading the book you, <laughs> and bet, ignored so, everything around me. So you don't remember. the? It was either the next day or the day after that, I went and got the Half-Blood Prince from my mom so I could read that and then read the book that I had bought. I think I have your copy in there. I don't think it's mine. I have two of the final book. Do you have yours? I, I actually don't, I but I thought I, will, I thought I lost it in a move. I will cry tears if that is yours. I have two of the, the final book, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Tony's. And that was even, you know, that was way back when, not even, you know, not like I took it in malice. Oh, no, no. Yeah. But I was like, but uh, so I did. I went and got the, the Half-Blood Prince from my mom so I could read that and then read that last book that I bought because I bought it with you because it was like, in my head, I was like, this is going to be worth money. And we got that... uh. What did we get with that? We got a gift that I thought was so cool. I don't. I remember them having something extra with it, but I don't remember Son what it was. A, it was something because it was the midnight release yeah. at Walmart. It was some. It wasn't a bookmark. It was something better than that. And it was Gryffindor. Ah oh, man, I can't remember what that was. I don't know. You're. You, I mean, you're talking about well over a decade now. That's, yeah. I cannot remember what that was. We got something with it, and I remember like wearing it or keeping it for a long time. It's probably still in this house somewhere. Yeah, okay, so, man. God damn it, Tony. We had no idea. That was Jason Ritter. Yeah. I mean, has he done anything since then? Like, I don't yeah. recall seeing him in well, anything. Well, he's done a few things, but he was in uh, Jason Ver- Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> we should have recognized him from there. He never he never got anywhere near as big as his dad did. Though. Oh no, of course not. But anyways, no nah, man, God bless. Yeah, I cannot remember what that was that they gave us, and I remember keeping it. I remember being more excited about that than the book. The book was so thick. But yeah, no, I think I have your copy of the book. Hmm. But we'll go back to the priest. <laughs> Rewind all the way back to Star Wars. I so. I've lately jumped into uh, interviews because they're doing the press tour right now, and it's so cool to see Ewan and Hayden. Uh, I showed you one of the ones that I watch, but I had no idea. I'm gonna. Oh, this is so hard. Like back then, before social media and all that, and I, I, social media is just as bad. I'm not advocating for social media. I really don't like it actually. But um, they were talking about how much the prequels were hated. There's a whole lot of that, and I didn't know how much that beat Hayden down, and it beat him down pretty bad. And it just it made me kind of sad. I was like, oh, man. He was just like, 
he was talking to, there's some interview where I was watching with Hayden and he was like, he said the day that he woke up and he found out people liked what he had done. He said it just made his whole life better. And I was just like, Oh, it just like broke my heart. And I was, and I started like mentally revisiting the prequels. I was like, there were things that I didn't like about him, but it was mainly the writing, like the sand is coarse. It hurts my skin. It was never him. Yeah. No. And it's, it goes back to like, we've had that conversation before too. Like, you know, George talked about how he wanted to do a little bit different for the, the prequels than he had the original and had, yeah, that one's, that one's a little bit, uh, Jason just took his first drink of the Parker County Ooh, peach sour. That's um, still sour. Yeah. That one, that one hit a little bit different. It's not bad. Sorry folks. It's still sour. Tony's getting very emotional and honest, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, you know, George talked about how he always wanted it to be a space soap opera and the, the prequels were very, very heavy in that soap opera as far as the acting style that went with it, but that's the way they were directed to do it. So that wasn't them not being good actors with it. Um, you go back like the, the things that I thought that detracted the most about the original, uh, or not the original, but the prequels, right. Um, were one, Jar Jar Binks, who was meant for comedy relief, but they just had too much of him in the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Right? So they, they fixed that with the second and third. Like, he had spots in there, but he wasn't too much on that. And then when they tried to reverse age Yoda, <laughs> like, that backfired in their face. But as far as what they what the story was and the way that it was done and the technology of it and the lightsaber combat and all that, like they were good. You Mm -hmm. know, they they were good. I agree. So uh, I never hated them like a lot of people went through with that. And I think a lot of it was just your like you said, it was it was before the huge role that social media played. But I think a lot of it was just like preparing for trolls <laughs> that, right. that were to come uh, as far as what people were going to be. Uh, but you get that with any story, right? I mean, any any author of any book that, that puts out multiple books in a series, once you get fans, like they start determining in their head how the story should go. And if there's a deviation from that when it comes out, then oh, angry. You, know, you get people to get angry about it and not happy and, and whatnot. And you have to remember like, Hey, look, you're not the one writing this. This is what I envisioned in my head. Uh, and, and you liked it enough to buy the first four books in the series. Why all of a sudden do you have a problem with it in the fifth one? You know, and so, that, that type of thing. Yeah, no, for sure. So angry. And I guess I didn't remember hating the prequels. I remember having my problems with them, but I've watched them so many times. Well, hell, I think we saw was it? We saw Phantom Menace with three or four times in theaters, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. So, I mean, that movie. Yeah. And that's probably, and that's probably my, like if I had to pick a least favorite to be that one, just because, uh, Hayden's obviously not in it, but it's because, you know, the little kid Vader, but you still got Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon is amazing. And yeah. Darth Maul too. And Qui-Gon became one of your favorite characters. Yeah, didn't he? he was so, oh gosh, Liam Neeson, man. So, that's so funny too. You show that to anybody that's watched Taken that doesn't know about those. Pre- they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he was a Jedi with a green saber. And he was a badass. He well, imagine him and Mace Windu making a movie together. Whew. Yeah, like, like right now, you know, with their badass, even though they're both seventy. <laughs> yeah, with the badass culture they carry, and uh, Keanu Reeves too. Get those three the right reputation. There. Yeah. yeah, get Reeves in there. 
Keanu Reeves, Liam Nielsen, Samuel Jackson. I will watch that movie. Oh, no see, that's that's tough for me. I love Keanu Reeves. I yep. love Keanu Reeves. But as much as I love Keanu Reeves, he is the same actor in every movie he oh, does. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's it's hard to watch something Keanu Reeves and still not see Bill and Ted that's, <laughs> in what he does. That's what makes the those, you know, I mean, Samuel Jackson is the same way, and so is uh, Liam Neeson for the most part. I will find you. I will kill you. They, yeah. They, you know, they're, they're the, like. I have the, a special set of skills. That's the, the Sylvester Stallone, the John Travolta, the. George Travolta wasn't really yeah, Travolta. Guy. Travolta did different for a lot of his roles. Yeah. You know, you got the uh, uh, Michael, like for example, oh. in that one. I mean, he really, Sugar. he really went out of his comfort zone for that one. He's, he's one of my favorites too. As, as odd as it might sound, I was uh, gonna, yeah, I was gonna drop uh, Bruce Willis, but I kind of, I feel bad for where he's at right now, and I hope, oh, I hope he gets better. Whatever. I didn't know there was anything wrong with him. Yeah, he's got. It's a weird thing, like you can't talk or I don't know. Like you have to. Re- I'm. Oh. I'm not going to speak out on it. It's not. I don't. It's. I don't know. It, it's something that he can't talk normally anymore, and some bunch of stuff. And then there was a thing that said, "Celebrate Bruce Willis's last movie," and it just kind of was like, "Oh man." Well, I mean, it happens. You, yeah. You get, ah. A lot of the action heroes of our generation are yep. just freaking old now because you got to remember we were five, six, seven, yep. eight when they were. Third doing these yeah <laughs> great st- movies you want to stay alive stay with me it's like oh man but the, they were all kind of the same you know wesley snipes uh they were all kind of the same character and everything but it was fine yeah. it's fine it's one of the reasons why like as as far as ability to morph into different characters like Gary Oldman is one of my all-time favorites because he was so different in every role that he played. Yeah. Um and then, you know, you had a couple others um like um Billy Bob Thornton, the the roles that he's chosen to do, I'm not always a fan of, but his acting in them are is always spectacular. Like I think I was 3 quarters of the way through Sling Blade before I realized that it was Billy Bob Thornton. When, oh, when he did that movie, you know, mm-hmm. different things like that. Ah, I, love. I like the way you talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take this sling blade right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. So crazy. The end of that movie so amazing. But that's so what Bruce Willis has is APHAS aphasia. Aphasia. Yeah. Yep. It's a condition that affects your ability to communicate. It can affect your speech as well as the way you write and understand spoken and written language. So. That's Anyways, crazy. Can't yeah, can't communicate with people. That's well, crazy. You get, you get stuff like that, and like Val Kilmer too. Like oh, it yeah. was only two weeks ago that I watched the the documentary that he made Val and realized about everything that that he had gone through with. Was it, was it throat cancer? I don't even and remember. That, yeah, that, sure. one, that one's hard knowing that the Willow sequel thing is about to come out on Disney Plus, and there's not going to be a Val Kilmer. Just hurts my soul. Yeah. Man, Martigan made Willow. No, Willow's still great though. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but Med Martigan, man. Yeah. Well, like, the same thing with the the Top Gun that's that's supposed to come out. Like, I know they in the preview they've got pretty much the the homage they paid to him yeah. as far as the picture where they say you know like Admiral Kazansky wanted you for this. But God, like how how much better would it been if it would have actually been him in the film yeah. being able to do that role? He might still be there because what was I, I was listening to some one of the, I was listening to some podcasts and they talked about him being in it. I was like, I hope so. 
even if it's through one of those voice things like i mean, you just you add it to the character like you know like i don't need my heroes to be invincible i can have man even man martigan be in a bed talking through a voice box like willow you know i'm dying shit's happened to me that's life i can yeah. deal with that and still have them in there they deserve to be in there you know they built they they built it i got no problem with val kilmer about to die or you know just in a wheelchair just willing up to tom cruise i brought you here for a reason there's nothing wrong with that and you know maybe maybe i'm wrong in that stance but he helped build top gun i think i think a lot of it comes down to i don't know it might not be the right way to say it but maybe the ego uh, oh yeah yeah no 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 good because call maybe he doesn't want to do it yeah i know i know in in a part of his um in the documentary that that i watched like he was he did a thing where he came to texas right they were doing a showing like an outdoor showing a tombstone and he came to sign autographs and stuff like that it was part of an event that they did and after he had signed autographs for a couple of hours and everybody had met him and all that, he went off to a corner and he's like, like, there's a part of me that feels sad that my career has come to this, like that I'm not out acting anymore, that I'm going to showings like this and just meeting the fans. And he's like, and then I remember like how blessed I am that I've got people that love yeah. the work that I've done and stuff like that so there's yeah there's a part of it that makes you wonder like how much of it is their ego to be like no i I don't i don't want to be immortalized in film with this disability or whatever the case is from there yeah so yeah no yeah so yeah i'm I'm, yeah i am definitely speaking out of my element because they could have asked him and he said no no yeah good call good call but i just hope that no one ever has you know those kind of thought thoughts like I don't care if your disability like if you want to be in a movie be in a movie i'll watch it i don't care what what you are i don't care yeah. i'll watch a movie i love it gay straight upside down left right uh right brain left brain uh one arm two arms no legs no body parts i'll watch it like do your thing man do your thing you help build this like val kemmer made me a fan of movies growing up the Saint. Yeah. There's so many good things from him. The Saint. Willow. Willow was. Willow was my earliest remember of film period movies. So. Oh yeah, because that was that was one of your mom's favorites. I remember she used to play that one fairly regularly when yep. we were growing up. This is, I think it was 19, 1988, man. Five years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. So that one and Batman Forever. Batman. Yeah, which I actually liked. I thought Val Kilmer did a really good job. It's fine. Is is Batman? I I liked that one. I and I liked the the pair too. Him and Chris O'Donnell when they when they yeah, did they their did, stuff together. They had some chemistry. Um, but you know, just Val Kilmer in general with the different roles that he did that I loved. Uh, you know, you had the the Salt and Sea, which is one that, yep. that I talked about with you again. Is I think it's another one that your mom turned us on to. Yep. Um, that she was a fan of, and then you had the Saint and several others. Like he was. You know, you get to stuff like Island of Dr. Monroe. <laughs> that was a little bit so hard. Uh, I still love Ghost of the Darkness. Like, that was that was a really good one. I forgot he was in that Tenacious D video. <laughs> I didn't even know he was oh, in Oh, it's Tenacious so D. funny. He's like, dude, you just fucking killed Val Kilmer. <laughs> oh, I forgot it's about so that. so funny. Oh, man. Nah, he, yeah, he's one of the best. One of the best. So, ah, oh, dude. Let's go. Movies, man. Movies and TV. Let's go. I cannot wait to watch Obi-Wan. Yeah, that'll be fun Friday night. I'll definitely come over and do that with you. We're going to turn it up. 
jack it up. We're going to Star Wars it up in this house. I might do the half red and half blue lights. What's <laughs> 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 that dark side? Oh, I forgot he was in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Good Lord. Anyways, yeah, I'm thinking like there's so much stuff. There's going to be another good summer for movies I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. And it's it's good to see them coming back too because the two year hiatus was was brutal. Yeah. It was really brutal. Yep. Um. What? Ah oh, man. Just yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be huge. There's a whole lot of stuff coming out. But. Like the the. Uh, new Thor movie too. God Love and Thunder. Bless. Like really excited about that one. Christian Bale looked. Beast mode, dude. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that was that was shocking to see him because I hadn't caught the fact that he was he was in that until that last trailer dropped. He looks so badass, and so he's a god killer. What he does is kill gods. I'm like, oh, it's the fight scenes are going to be amazing. What he does is going to be amazing, and I hope that Jane just beats this. I hope that he's about to kill Thor, and Jane just beats the ever living because Natalie Portman is a ba. I love her. Yeah. She has my heart. <laughs> I am interested to see how they take her from her scientific role to all of a sudden her being the new god of thunder. Yep. And so I I have a little insight on that, but I did buy the first comic book 10 years ago when they made Thor when they in the comics they made Jane become Thor. So I know why that happened and from what I understand they're sticking to that, which is I'm not trying to spoil anything, but it's very good. We'll no, it it, it's hard to do a spoiler when they've already got comics that are yeah. the basis for it all. I just it's not one that I read. Yep. So. Nope. I bought it strictly because of the resale value. I was like, Oh, the girl Thor, I better go pick that up. <laughs> and <laughs> then I read it. I read it, I was like, Well, this is actually pretty cool and then I got like the next two or three, but then I was like, Yeah, I can't keep spending twenty bucks on this but yeah, no, I saw uh, Bob's Burger. So we've got a uh, Jurassic Park's going to be amazing. We got the Lightyear movie's going to be amazing. We got Maverick's going to be amazing. I didn't know Minions had a move. The that's ro- yeah, that's the the one the the origin story for Gru. So it's the little boy Gru. Yeah, uh, I've seen a preview for that one. It actually looks funny. A little disappointed because they didn't use Steve Carroll. It doesn't sound like they used Steve Carroll oh. for the young Gru. Uh, but it's still, it actually looks like it's going to be cute. I don't know if it'll be as good as, as Despicable Me, but it looks like it'll be cute. If, yeah, I mean, Bullet Train looks like it's going to be awesome. That's that Brad Pitt movie, I think, where he's like, just beating up on everybody. Yeah, there's, God, man, there's so many of our generation's megastars that what is this? are aging that it's it's kind of hard Samaritan. To, to see the different things that they're doing now. They're, but no, oh, I'm just, you know, rounding about, it's from the last what three years of like little to no summer movies to even having four of them i'm like yay yeah <laughs> it's kind of sad it's like yay we have four good summer movies bob's burger which i kind of like that show every once in a I've while i've never seen a single episode of bob's burger and the previews just for somebody who's never seen a single episode of it the previews look so ridiculous yep <laughs> but everybody's uh, saying a lot about this men horror movie thing i'm i haven't even watched a trailer it's called men but I saw some posts from my friends. I was like, okay, whatever. Men. That uh there's this Chris Evans and Ryan uh God damn, Gosling movie coming on Netflix into theaters July twenty second. That looks it's called Mr. Gray. It looks crazy. I was like, okay, we got Chris Evans. So it goes through this whole trailer and the very last clip of the trailer is them about to fight, and I was like, Am I about to watch Chris Evans fight with Ryan Gosling? Sign me up. 
I don't even care what it's about. I just want to watch those two fight. So it's a Netflix movie and they're releasing it in theaters? But yeah, at the same time. It's a weird thing that they're doing because Netflix has to put the movie in theaters to get uh, nominated for awards. So that's why they do that kind of. But they're releasing it at the same time as on their streaming series. It might be like a day later. I'm going to try to figure it out real fast. Great yeah, because I I would totally not go to theaters <laughs> if I know I was going to get it for my the subscription that I'm already paying so, for a day later. So it's called The Gray Man. It's directed by the Russo brothers who did Matrix. Uh, they did a no. That's Wachowski. Excuse me. That's that's totally The Winter scary. Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. There we go. Yeah, they did all four of those, and it's uh doesn't have the. Release date? Come on, bro. I know it's July 22nd on Netflix, but I don't know if the theater date's like a week earlier. But that's the wrong movie. The Gray. I'm looking for The Gray Man. I know it says July 22nd, but I'm pretty excited. So, July 22nd. Well, I mean, it, the cast alone makes, yeah. It, makes yeah. it worth seeing. I mean, Ryan Gosling hasn't been in a whole lot lately, so I'm like, let's go. He's one of those guys that was like played a heartthrob or was like, oh, this is a heartthrob guy. And then he did a couple other movies like this guy is the best, one of the best actors. I love you. Yeah, he's got range. He's definitely got range. Which, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm a, f- so here you go. The Gray Man will screen in select theaters starting July 15th and then drop on Netflix seven days later. Hold on to your butt. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't expect it to have much of a theater draw. Nope. They but. but that they have, like I said, I know for a fact that they have to do that to get awards, and that's why they do it. Like if it was a month, then yeah, I'd probably say it would it would get some, but then it's not going to get it on. The, I don't know, man. Like I, like I said, I I told you last week. I didn't, we didn't say it on air or whatever. But I told you last week. I I cut my my Netflix subscription, so I dropped that. I dropped the Paramount, and I dropped. Um, I don't even remember the other Crunchyroll. I dropped that. The only one I kept was uh, Disney, and mm. the only reason I kept it was for, for Obi-Wan. the Obi Wan that was coming out. But like here lately, so much like I just I'm I, I don't know I'm I'm tired of paying fifteen dollars for seven different streaming services each in order to see the shows that I wanted to see, and there being like huge gaps in between having anything worth watching on them. So. Right. I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to do that anymore. I agree. They're they're putting out garbage. They'll just like put it out as fast as they can. Yeah. And then they're getting close to cable. But that's a debate for another time. This uh, peach is really sour. Yes, it was very much so. But I think we should uh, wrap, wrap. Well, I don't even know where we're at. But this is actually told you it would work smoothly. We don't need no stinking Dirk and Rody. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say we don't need them because they, they definitely make it better. But uh, They're going to be like, all y'all did was talk about the Cowboys and, and Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, but hey, I mean, it works. We can get into other conversations if you want to. You want to start talking about the divide in the country over feminism and men's values and all sorts of no, crazy sir. shit? Or <laughs> it's taking, <laughs> taking everything I have, not to mention what's going on right now and how heartbreaking and terrible it is. But it's very hard. Yeah, we've gone through a lot of events on this podcast that we just leave out. It's hard. It's very, 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 very difficult. And it's not even about, for the show itself, it's not even about uh, ignoring it or pretending. It's about like, I want people to turn it on and not have to be like, I right, worry we, about that. Here we go stuff. again. Yeah. It's like, even right now, like you can't even all my sports podcasts are even bringing it up. And 
and it's heartbreaking. It's just, oh, it's rough. It's rough, rough, rough. And I've, I've, you know, I view the world through a different light these days, and I know Rody does as well. And you know, oof, when 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 that little one is born and things are just different, it's hard to quantify that. It's like people, you know, it's like it's not more important than anyone else. It's not like that. It's just you just see things differently. They're not the same. Like you wish they were. It's like, oh, oh man, I I, I give y'all mad that. props. Like I I didn't. It's not about I couldn't. That. I I didn't feel comfortable with the idea of bringing a new life into this world That's with the direction that I felt like we were heading. Oh. Like I just I, it's so bad. I <laughs> I honestly didn't feel like the the direction we were heading was worth handing to another generation. It's so bad it is. It's so fucking bad. So yeah. So That's bad. Crazy. Don't worry, kids. You will have no son. Not a big deal. <laughs> You'll be living underground. You will have uh, every single person you look at. You have to be afraid of killing you. Don't worry. Not a big deal. Yeah. How how close to Mad Max do you actually think yeah, we'll be? Not a big deal. <laughs> just, in the near future. We'll just learn how to build cars. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. No. It's just sad. It's so sad, but anyways sorry to take us down hey, that podcast. road i've got a really bad habit of taking us into really dark territory or like really bad sexual humor i mean territory. that you know that's what it that's what it feels like that's what it feels like and it's like and it's it's not as easy as it used to be to just look for something that's not so gray but but I mean, it's there. It's just not as easy. It's just everything. I mean, look, we just went through the summer movies, and there's like four of them. We didn't talk about Mission Impossible. So there's like five or six. I didn't even know there was but, another Mission Impossible. You just told me something new. Ten years ago, you know, the whole entire, like every weekend, you were like, your body was giddy with going to the theater. Like you couldn't. And it's not even about going to the theater. Your body was giddy with like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see all 57 of these movies. Well, there was a great divide, too. As far as what our priorities were with our age and where we were at in life, like that's what? God, that's that's the one thing. It's not there, though, dude. I can't tell you how many times people told us when we were in our teens, <laughs> like, don't do that. You're going to regret it later because it's going to be hard on your body and just all these. My dad, my dad always had a saying, right, that. A smart man is a man that learns from his mistakes. Hmm. And a wise man is the man that learns from the mistakes of others. Right? And that stuck with me. And that's something that I've applied to a lot of different areas of my life. Mm -hmm. But there's a maturity that comes, too, when you start learning about the difference, when you actually experience the difference in the shifts of what's important to you in this age bracket versus what was important to you in that age bracket versus what's going to be important to us in the next 10 or 15 years. You know, there's there's a lot of things like I never... I never saw myself being concerned with the things that I'm concerned hmm. about now when I was 25 years old. Uh, and it's it's just, it's a hard realization to hit. And you want to impart that knowledge and that wisdom to the younger generation. Like, hey, stop obsessing over this and exactly. understand that this is going to be the thing that's more important than that. And them being able to grasp that when this is their current world is is just not going to happen because I mean fuck we didn't listen to it when they were telling us no we're not yeah you know and 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 there's that 
that understanding of, okay, they're young and impetuous and then them feeling offended because you think we're stupid because mm-hmm. we're young and impetuous. It's like, no, we lived that. We were you. We've got that experience, which is how we know this. And if you could just get outside of your own head for a second to realize that I'm not talking down to you or being condescending, like I am trying to tell you things that are going to help you for your future. Um, and there, it just, it, it, you can't convey that. You cannot convey no, that. There, yeah, there's there's so much going on. Uh, ignoring the biology, uh, I can't even. We could we we could go deep, and we uh, this there's stuff that I can say that I can, well, it wouldn't be. It's not a not parable. I'm a very uh, biological and scientific person. Like I believe in a lot of principles of how the human how we react to things, and I've done a lot of things. Like when I was younger, I'd, oh, I, you, know. I've, I, did, <laughs> I know <laughs> I did at events that should not have been done that, you know, that could have, you know, walked crossing a line, a little bit of a line, but you know, I pulled, pulled myself out of that, that, but I also, I mean, I know what it's like to be angry. I know what it's like. That's, it's a hard thing for me. Like, it's like, I understand what it's like to be mad and want to get, fuck all y'all I, under, I actually understand that exact phrase yeah <laughs> and it's hard that makes it even harder it's like well no i get what you're saying and i get what you're doing because you're right fuck this shit but <laughs> it's like that's you just can't conduct yourself and you know you have to get control of that and you you also have to know where the line is like what you can get away with and what you can't get away with and i'm not talking about illegally i'm talking about like you know messing with other people it's like you can be mad at somebody but you can't hit them it's like trying to explain to a toddler like you're allowed to be mad and it's a, you're okay it's a you're allowed to be mad you're not allowed to throw this you're not allowed to do that and it's that message that maybe it wasn't conveyed to certain people yeah it's but there was there has been hurt and pain man like and you you understand the hurt too i know i know what you're going through I, yeah there's there's a there's like the one thing that i tried you know in 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 my previous job and the leadership role that i had i mentored hundreds of yeah. people that worked for me and the one thing that i always tried to get through to them was control is an illusion huh. like it's, it's it's one thing i taught to everybody control is an illusion the only thing the absolute only thing that you have control over is how you decide to react to the situations around you the only thing you control is you yeah right you don't control whether you step out of your house and you get shot in a drive-by you don't control no. whether you go to the supermarket and you're in a, a horrendous car crack that leaves you as a car wreck that leaves you as a paraplegic you don't the only thing you control is how you decide to react to the stimuli around you dude i have this is no lie with the the super increase in the last four years in road rage shootings i have legitimately taught myself taught fully taught myself to stop giving a fuck somebody honks at me i've legitimately taught myself not to turn around and like shake the fist i've legitimately been like man it's cool and just yeah i've i have you're exact 100 percent right and i've had to do it like when that stimuli like you're, you know that little urge comes up it's like dude that guy could probably have a gun and do something stupid it's like what are you going to accomplish here yeah what are you going to i'm going to flip them off what are you going to accomplish and then you have somebody follow you home and you're so you know all that adrenaline no you're oh that's a that is a major point you know yeah it's like you're right reacting that's the only thing you can control is your own reaction to everything and it ah, just because uh, there's always dude there's always 
always that voice in the back of my head. Yeah. Where you get somebody Fuck that's this. acting a fool. You get, here we go, right? I'm old enough now that I'm calling 20-year-olds, 20-something-year-olds kids, right? But you get that young kid that, that still has to try to prove to the world that he's Billy Badass, mm-hmm. you know, that comes up to you and like, kid, you have no idea the ways in which I could end you and the ways <sighs> that I could go through. And you think that because I'm not, that I'm not dangerous. Like you don't understand that I am more dangerous because I learned how to control yeah. myself and my reactions. And it's not that I can't, it's that I choose not to. When, and if you push far enough, that choice will change and you, then yeah. you will not see it coming. You know, those type of things that, that's that old kids, man strength, man. Yeah, kids just don't understand that nope. because they haven't had the experience to live through it and get to that point themselves. It goes with uh, some reacting on emotions without you know without even necess- not without even necessarily understanding your own emotion. That's a weird thing, dude. And that's a real deal. Yeah, that's a real deal. Like not understanding the way that you feel. It's like motherfucker. The insides think it- are burning, and you don't just not grasping the concept of what's going on. I. Think- I- I was always a, still am to the, you know, super fast to react without just my brain doesn't have time to compensate. It's just like, fuck you. Wait, whoa, 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 time out, time out. What just happened? That's a, you know, whatever I've gotten. Yeah. You, you know, were, you were always a very emotionally driven still am. man. Still a little better. Whereas I was always a, like, take a step back and examine every aspect of the situation and then decide how to act with it. Um, but you know, there was, there was a, I think it's Jordan Peterson had a quote that, that really stuck with me too, which that, you know, you're not a good man unless you are a dangerous man. That's learned how to voluntarily control it. <laughs> you know, if, if, if you're not a dangerous man that has it under control, you're not a good man. You're just a weak man or, yeah. you know, however you want to put for it. You're, you don't have that ability and just because you don't have that ability doesn't make you this. You're this because you have that ability and you choose not to be. Uh, uh, that that aspect, again, the only thing you control is what you or how you decide to react to that situation. And that's... I remember the... Oh, a lot of people don't get that. Chicken soup for the teenage, so whatever it was. But it was like, we you teach people how to, tr- how to treat you. Yeah. That was an eye awakener for what, me when I read that book. What you tolerate is teaching people yep. how to treat you. <sighs> but no, yeah, no, and you, you are right. It's kind of thinking about the whole. It's like somebody gets mad and flips you off, and you just look at them and smile. You're like, ah, fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have no idea because they're all yeah. mad. You're right. When people come, when you even me, when you come flying at somebody with emotion, you don't have control, and the other person's like, I mean, Mr. Miyagi taught it for many years. Yeah. <laughs> just he steps back because Johnny's so angry. But Mr. Miyagi's in complete control. Yeah, it's that the Zen man. But it's not. It's not just Zen. But and that's conversations too nowadays. Like yeah. people, people get so emotional and they, they don't think logically. <laughs> they don't debate logically. They don't. They don't debate with, or they don't ask questions with the no. idea of how can I get the other perspective to my no. side of thinking? It was, you either think like I do or you're this, <laughs> you know? And that's, that's not like, that's not how we got to where we are as a nation or a society or as a people. Nope. Like it was, you, you go back to Aristotle and Plato oh and all these, you know, ancient Greek philosophers. And it was about asking the questions that made you think 
Okay, that's not what I thought. I've never seen it from this point of view. Is there a happy balance between the two? Am I wrong? Am I right? You know, just just questioning that, having that introspective to the different issues instead of being like, no, I'm right because I know in my 20 years of experience and knowledge, um, because I'm only 20 years old, that this is the only way to address things and do things like that. It's so short-sighted, so short-sighted. You don't. Yeah. No, you, you got the, uh, got the people that read one or two articles and they don't even read the, they'll read the headlines and just yeah. act like they, I was like, Oh my God, where'd you get that from? Live wire. It's like, Oh man. And then it's like, you know, the people that, I mean, I've always tried to, you know, if you read, if I read something on Fox news, I've always tried to find the same thing on MSN just to, I need this polarizing and I don't trust either one of those news sites, but it's like, I like the polarizing views. I like to see where everybody's at. I like, you know, eh, yeah, just, I've never, uh, that's a, uh, <laughs> just go on forever. I can't, the blindly filing the blind. That's such a, Oh, that's such a, yeah. You know, there was a lot of things that dad irritated the ever loving shit out of me when I was growing up. But some of the things that he said, his one liners, his words of wisdom that I will never forget. You know, I've already told you the one about smart man, wise man. Uh, he had another one, which is only a fool follows blindly without question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if somebody tells you something, independent thought, find out for yourself, research, <laughs> Put in the effort, put in the work to make yourself knowledgeable about it, and then make an informed decision. But if John Blow over here tells you that so-and-so said this, and you just run in blindly to take care it's of crazy. it from that, then you, you might have the completely wrong picture that's going on. And so many people react that way nowadays. No, no, no. There, yeah, there is no independent thought. There is no truly informed decision. It's going to be, I heard this, and because I heard it, I assume it's true because it you know you got the bias that comes with it. It already agrees with my belief, therefore it must be true. And, oh. So it's disgusting. So bad. So bad. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And uh, you know, it's political party. It's religion. It's uh, it's it's craft beer and uh, regular beer. Yeah, it's it. You know, it, it it's it's in it's PlayStation, Xbox. It's Nintendo Switch versus Xbox. It's uh, you go with anything. It's all fucking so yeah. polarized. Anything and everything that can be divisive is divisive. Super now. divisive. Yeah. Like it's I mean, crazy. it's it's me wearing an Under Armour polo and people are like, hey man, you play golf and yeah, it's wow. You know? Why are you wearing a basketball jersey? You're not a professional player. No, but I love yeah. supporting the team. Like it can be more than it, one reason. Yeah, your sports teams. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, people. Hey, fuck you! Don't like the Cowboys. It's so. It's all so weird can't wait you know it is what it is but and i would you know until we all can just get along like for real get along shit it's always going to be weird yeah I, i'm using kinder words weird is not the word that i'm using but weird is the word that i'm using on here well i'm pretty fucked up <laughs> <laughs> what's that yeah it's a super sucker i want you to if you bored google super sucker's pretty fucked up it's about an ex-girlfriend but i think you'll get the point pretty fucked up yeah anyways no yeah deep 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 is not where we usually go and we do like i said the reason for that is so you don't get on casually and be like well now i'm sadder because <laughs> i can make you sad tony can make you sad we don't want to make you sad we love you guys so yeah. thank you all for listening to our awesome star wars cowboys and sad rant <laughs> yeah. always a pleasure to have the conversations <laughs> whoop, whoop. hopefully dirk and roadie will be back next week but if not then 
Well, I already got the text from Rody that said he'll for sure be here next week. So. I was about to say, maybe we'll come up with a better topic. <laughs> trying to think. Uh, I'm scratching the chin. Hmm. Maybe we'll do uh, why the MCU sucks now. <laughs> get, mm. Let's get real divisive. That's what we need to do. Like, hey, everybody else is divisive. Let's just do it. Let's go. Uh, why is Twitter better than Facebook? Wah, wah, wah. Well, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure that you'll get... Um, listeners that way and popularity that way because no, no, everybody's no. that way yeah. but yeah 